0: Hey folks, and welcome back to another episode of Get Rept, the only podcast anywhere in the world where two buds take turns recommending and reviewing some of their favorite pop culture hits, hidden gems, and oddities. I'm, of course, your host and resident silly boy Thor, joined today, as always, by my friend and co-host, he's a material girl in a material world.
1: It's Micah. Hey, <laughs> What's that? that? I was not expecting that <laughs> that intro at all. It's a Madonna song. Oh, that's
0: right. That and is a Madonna. Material girl. You know, in hindsight, in a material world. Yeah,
1: I should have expected something like that. It
0: was either that or like a virgin.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, man, Madonna really. But
0: you have a kid, so you're. I know you're not a virgin.
1: Yep. Unfortunately. <laughs> Wait. What? <laughs> <laughs> you want to be a monk? or you know or something funny enough um when i was going to a local church here our youth leader our church was so big that the youth group had like independent youth groups so we called them d teams for discussion teams so basically it was a group of uh 6 or 7 or 8 kids with one single leader that kind of broke into individual groups after after the uh, Sunday service, that type of okay. stuff. So I made a deal with our leader. Uh, that sounds really weird saying that out loud. I made <laughs> a deal with our D-team leader. His name was KP. Awesome guy. Um, I don't trust anybody who just uses
0: letters as their name. It's A his, TJ, a BJ, a sure. DJ, KP.
1: That's, KP, yeah. That, I don't like it. He's like a six foot four redheaded man who is very nice, but also has farmer strength.
0: Oh, okay. He's, he's in that. I can see him perfectly in my head now. Yeah,
1: he's he's in that range. Super nice guy. Very smart guy. Uh, but also has, <laughs> like, just, he's got the the stature and just the friendliness of, I don't want to mess with you ever, ever, because you'll probably murder me with a smile.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> like he was flipping tractor tires in a, yeah. in a field yeah, when he was exactly. six <laughs> exactly yeah
1: so so he and i had the discussion and basically said if we are 100 percent single by the time we turn 30 we are going to become monks
0: oh kind of like a benedictine monk yeah okay yeah
1: that was that was the plan
0: dude i i was listening i forget what it was i was listening to something though recently and y- you know they do those uh They'll interview people and do happiness metrics, which it is a tough thing, but they'll ask people, you know, a, a number of questions. Basically, uh, based on the responses, they kind of figure out their happiness index or, you know, where they are.
1: Like just how happy they are as a person? Yeah. Okay.
0: And a group of monks scored higher than like everybody. I bet they did. Yeah, of course, because they have no TV. They have to pray like seven times a day. Mm-hmm. They can only talk for a couple hours a day. Yeah, but the rest of their life is just spent in service to something greater than themselves and they don't have TV. They don't have all the anxiety of social media and being mad about whatever. They're just like, no, I'm just about God. Yeah, and all I have to worry about is wake up. I do my chores. I pray seven times. I get to talk to these guys for like two hours a day. How sweet is that? Yeah, (laughs) two hours a day. I get to (laughs) chat. I get to talk.
1: That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, there was something... Else. There was a guy on, on Joe Rogan. I don't remember who he was or what it... But he basically went and stayed with oh, some tribe. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Okay. So, and basically they just... So he stayed with a tribe in some country in Africa. And... Oh, never mind. Different guy. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> but, <laughs> he, but he... Um, so basically he just lived with them. And he was off the grid with this tribe for like a month, I think. And he said, you know, at first... Like the first day or two, I kept patting my, like my hand or my legs to find my phone. It was, but eventually that left and he, I guess, had depression, anxiety, that type of stuff going on. But because he was ingrained in the culture of this tribe where all they did was they woke up, they hunted, then they came back, they cooked the food, basically had a big party because they caught food that day. And then went to sleep and woke up and did it again.
0: Yeah, because your day is over and it's like, oh, tomorrow we're going to die again if we don't hunt again. Yeah,
1: he said, but like, the, his anxiety left, his depression left. I think that we as people are just too idle. For
0: sure. We've talked about, I, I know we talked about this a while ago, even though the Amish are shysters mm-hmm. and should not be trusted, I do think that's the way to live. Sure. Kind of small, secluded tribes, Mm -hmm. Amish, something like that where you know electronics where your whole world is this small community
1: of your family and friends. Yeah. There's something to it. You know what I blame for the degradation of society? (laughs) Okay, let's hear it. The air conditioning unit. Because prior to the air conditioning unit existing, in the summer, it was hot. People then left their house because it was way too hot. Kids would go outside and play in the neighborhood. Uh, Basically, people would go outside and just hang out outside in their towns, in their small little development areas, because it was way too hot to be indoors. So it built that community almost out of necessity because you just couldn't stay in your house. Then the air conditioning unit comes in. Now people don't have to go out. Now it's actually cooler to stay inside, and they isolate themselves from the community because of the air conditioning unit. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a lot more than just the air conditioner, but nope, that's that certainly played a role. Just the air conditioning <laughs> unit. That's It made them make their houses different and everything. We're going to talk about Dick Tracy, folks. Yeah, I, was saying, I was like, I don't know where to go. It seems like you hate air conditioners. Don't get me wrong. I love air conditioners. Oh, yeah. Wait, that's but right, because we're of about- air conditioners, I hate my neighbors. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. So we're getting into some Dick Tracy. Get your yellow raincoats, folks. Let's do it. Hey, folks,
0: make sure to stay up to date on all the latest episodes by following us at Get Wrecked Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Or, if you have any recommendations you'd like to hear us review on the show, you can contact us directly via email. Or, I don't know, maybe you just want to send us some feet pics. You creep, I don't know what you're into. I don't care. We'll review those too. What do you think of that, huh? In any case, all your requests, feedback, and general criticism of the straight white patriarchy can be sent to getrectpod at gmail.com. That's G-I-T-R-E-C-D-P-O-D at gmail.com. Now, back to the show.
1: All right, Thor, so today we're going to be talking about the great film by Warren Betty called Dick Tracy. Entering theaters in 1990, it was produced, directed, and starring Mr. Warren Betty himself. This movie was something from my childhood that I freaking loved. I loved this movie so much. It came out one year after Batman, the first Batman movie with Michael Keaton, and two years after Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Like, what a great time to be alive for cinema.
0: Yeah, they, I, it definitely has similar vibes to that. As I was watching it, I was like, oh, I immediately understand why Micah likes
1: this. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Um, he, he does kind of feel like Batman without sure. the mask.
1: Yeah, so interesting thing about the just the character Dick Tracy, Dick Tracy is older than Superman as far as a character. So Dick Tracy started out as a comic strip, like for Sunday comics.
0: Yeah, if I... I knew it was a comic strip and just based on everything that was happening in the film, I'm assuming it was made in like the 1920s
1: uh, or somewhere there about like, early 1930s. Yeah. So Superman, I believe, was created in 1939. I think that Dick Tracy's got him beat by a couple of years. Okay. Which is wild to think about because Superman basically invented the comic book genre with superheroes. I mean, there was no other super heroes, that's why he could just take the name Superman. Yeah. Right? So to to think about the setting that was out there when this was in, it was very pulp, um, kind of retro style, almost noir detective type of comic strip thing.
0: Well yeah, and one of the few things I know about comics is D C comics mm-hmm. stands for detective comics. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So were the original comics all this kind of like, private eyes and detectives and stuff like that?
1: Um, I don't think so, because Superman was, Superman was part of Action Comics, which is a DC label. And then they took Detective Comics. So, the things in Detective Comics... Usually, when comics were starting out, it wasn't, like, one big issue of one story. Comics came out, and it was, like, three five-page comics. Okay. Which is why it was called Detective Comics or Action Comics.
0: Oh, that makes sense. Because so, it was like
1: collections of different comics. Yeah, of different stories and, okay. and things like that. So so one comic book would have Batman, but it would also have two other things. Okay. So, and Batman fell under Detective Comics, and Superman fell under Action Comics. But they were both under this DC banner. Interesting. Okay, yeah. cool. So, um, so yeah, Dick Tracy just beats all of them. This film has been... Uh, well. I'll say that this film was trying to be made since the 1970s. Warren Betty was trying to get this film made since the mid-1970s. <laughs> Jesus Christ, okay. And then it eventually got made in 1988, was when production started on the movie. So, uh, Thor, with that being said, what are your initial thoughts on Dick Tracy, the live-action movie?
0: Um, Like I said, I had seen... I think I had seen this when I was a kid, but I honestly couldn't say for sure. Okay. I remembered that yellow trench coat. It's iconic. So I feel like I had to have seen it, but I was probably so young, like just nothing registered. Yeah. Okay. Here are the things I like about this movie.
1: Yeah. Hit me with it, Thor.
0: I love that. I feel like this is intentional, but the whole thing looks... Like, it's filmed to look like it was made in the 40s or 50s. They have those very cool... All the backgrounds are painted backgrounds. Yep. You can tell that all the sets are those classic uh, Hollywood sets. If you've ever been to, like, Universal Studios and did the Backlot Tour where you can see uh, all the, like, streets, all the fake streets that are supposed to look like movie sets. And I think a lot of it is taken from movie sets. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, it has that really classic old school film feel to it. Mm-hmm. It's so stylized. Yeah. The colors are, it looks, of any superhero or movie based on a comic I've seen, it felt like you were watching a comic. Okay. As far as the color palette, the background, the way people acted, the way they played. All the characters were their incredibly strange faces. Yeah,
1: all the prosthetics on their faces. All the yeah. villains had awesome faces. Yeah, I
0: love every bad for whatever. I'm once again, it's based fully on the comic. Mm-hmm. It feels like anyway. So every bad guy has like a fucked up face in this world. <laughs> when once yeah. you decide to do evil, something be- something weird happens to your face. Yeah, man. Um. So I really enjoyed that. Did you I, had... I don't know if I really loved this movie. Okay, but a lot of that is because I feel like I don't have nostalgia attached to it. Okay, but I feel like I get why people love this movie. Sure, it made sense to me. I, I think it's my favorite role of Al Pacino ever. Oh yeah. <laughs> Because I think, because here's the thing. Big Boy Caprice. I've only seen The Goodfellas once. Okay. Or, I'm sorry, The Godfather. Sure. And obviously that's an incredible performance, but I'm not, I mean, there are people who've written dissertations on that fucking movie. Yeah. I've seen it one time. I'm not going to act like I know anything about it. It's my second favorite film. (laughs) Yep. So, I've always kind of felt like Scarface. I think Scarface is a fine movie. Sure. Not fine. It's a good movie. It's great. But... I don't love the whole Al Pacino thing that he does constantly. Like the ooh and he's always yelling and <laughs> it's always felt like over the top and absurd to me. Okay. It fits so perfectly in here as Big Boy Caprice. It really I love does. him. He's just doing the full Al Pacino the whole time <laughs> and it's so absurd, but it fits so perfectly cuz I've always felt like that's like a fucking cartoon character that you're doing, man. <laughs> and so when it's fit into a comic book cartoon movie, yeah
1: perfect sure yeah it fits perfectly so i think i think i it, love big boy caprice he's so oh, great i think it really shines he really shines with his uh al Pacinoism when he's trying to direct madonna with her music doing the i want more thing Dude, yes and he's perfect. like more, more. <laughs> and he's just like walking around and like
0: weirdly slaps her in the face a few times yeah Dude, yeah i liked that a lot i hate madonna Okay. I mean, I think she's fine. Mm -hmm. I just generally, I
1: just don't like Madonna. She's never done much for me either.
0: No. And I don't get that. They're like, oh, she's the bombshell. It's like when it comes to beautiful women, the 80s was not good (laughs) because people, you know, Madonna was the classic. She was like the first one of the first like real female sex symbols. And I'm like every and even before I've seen this forever, I've always kind of felt like I don't get it.
1: Yeah, I mean, Madonna seemed like a another Marilyn Monroe type of thing.
0: Yeah, she was definitely, I mean, this character in this movie, she was just doing Marilyn Monroe, it felt like. Yeah. She was certainly, uh, I, I think, intentionally kind of cast that, or even some of those older, older 1950s actresses. Okay. I don't know any of their names. I don't. Sure. Women who would have been slapped by Humphrey Bogart in yeah. one of those, <laughs> in one of his many films. Some real sweet dames. <laughs> yeah. So, I like the character, but once again, I'm just like, ugh, Madonna. I don't, just not for me. I don't get it. Yeah. I get that people were like obsessed with her. It's never, I've never understood that. Yeah, that's fair. I love the little kid,
1: Charlie Cosmo. Oh, dude, that kid, I knew you were going to love his character. Dude, I knew you were going to love him.
0: Okay, right away, the first line he gets is, go sucking eggs. Yeah. (laughs) Like, yes, I love old timey dumb shit like that. And then he's sitting at the diner with um, God, all the names are so dumb, <laughs> which I loved.
1: Uh, oh, they've all got like classic mobster names. Yeah.
0: What's his girlfriend's name?
1: Uh, something good
0: Yeah. Test goodheart Yeah. And Dick has to run off to catch a
1: bad guy. Test true heart. But Tess yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And and she tries to say something nice to the kid and he's like. I hate dames. <laughs> as soon as he said that, I was like, I'm in love.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The kid is, uh, he's something else, man. He's something else. He was also in hook. He was the son in hook. I oh don't yeah. Know for sure. If, if that, um, if I don't recognize, him. I don't that. know if I know anything else he's in. I don't know if I know anything else he's in either.
0: He was definitely had a nice run as a kid actor in the early nineties. Sure. Though.
1: Yeah. So, oh, he was in, what about Bob? Um, Don't think I've seen that Yeah, it was an old movie with um, Bill Murray It was an old, I think that was an old Bill Murray movie Yeah, it was an old Bill Murray movie There's also another movie called Can't Hardly Wait But that was later
0: Oh yeah, it was like a 90s uh, teen Mm -hmm. uh, What do they call that? Like a teen movie Sure, like a uh, a
1: coming of life movie or Yeah, teen
0: rom-com Sure
1: Yeah, but definitely Hook and Dick Tracy Those were his two big ones For sure yeah. Uh, Yeah Um, how did you feel about Warren Betty as Dick Tracy?
0: Oh, I like him. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I mean, I just have to say, Dick Tracy, bad boyfriend. He's a bad boyfriend. <laughs>
1: yeah, he's not not great.
0: a good boyf he's at not all. Great.
1: <laughs> like, he's just always leaving in the middle of dinner. So funny! <laughs> in the middle of a, a of a play at the and very like, beginning of the movie, he's the, like, "Tell the me how it goes."
0: Thing about how the movie ends too is like him. <laughs> Like proposing to her by tossing a ring to her. Yeah. Like I'm still so in love. They never addressed the fact that he kissed the he kissed Madonna's character twice. Yeah. He's not a good boyfriend. He's a
1: bad boyfriend. (laughs) Yeah. But it was Madonna. Um, So Warren Betty was not the original person who was uh, sought after to play Dick Tracy. Oh, so
0: Warren Beatty wanted to make this movie, so he had somebody else he wanted to play it? So Warren Beatty
1: wanted to make this movie for a long time. Basically, a whole bunch of shenanigans went down where it was on again, off again, on again, off again. Uh, A company bought the rights to do it, but then they they let their rights fall through because they didn't do anything with it. And then when it came up for sale again... Uh Warren Beatty just paid for it outright himself.
0: Oh, that's a baller move. Yeah, he
1: paid three million dollars to, to have all the rights for Dick Tracy. like so, if I had
0: three million dollars, you know what I wouldn't use it for? Dick Tracy? Uh something to make more work for myself. <laughs> yeah, He's well, like, let me pay three million dollars to buy myself a job. Yeah, uh, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. I think that's why Warren Beatty's probably a better person than me. Yeah, well... (laughs) A more motivated person, certainly. (laughs) It
1: only gets weirder. It only gets weirder, Thor. I don't know if you did any investigation into this. Nope, not at all. All right, so other actors who were looked at for the role. uh, Harrison Ford, Richard Gere, Tom Selleck, Mel Gibson, Clint Eastwood. Those all make sense. Yeah, um, so... Then there, this also had a whole bunch of directors who were originally attached to it, like Steven Spielberg at, some, at one point was being talked to. Um, the guy who did uh, The Departed, Michael Scorsese, Martin Scorsese.
0: Michael Scorsese?
1: Yeah, Michael, yeah I yeah, know him. Scor- <laughs> yeah. You know Michael Scorsese. <laughs> of course. Um, but yeah, Martin Scorsese was attached to it for a little bit. But I guess Warren Betty, Warren Betty and him had a little bit of a falling out because Martin Scorsese wanted the final cut of the film and Warren Betty wouldn't let him have it. He's like, no, no, I get final say. Dude,
0: that's a, once again, I'll ball and And that makes sense. He's like, dude, I dropped three million on this thing. (laughs) I'm going to get the final say.
1: Yeah. So then there was this guy um, named, uh, oh my gosh, what is his name? His last name is Landis. Uh, Oh, John Landis? He's a director. Uh, yeah, on. he did like yeah, all, the John eight, Landis. Yep.
0: all the 80s shit. Yeah, I think so he may have been involved with the Blues Brothers.
1: Oh, really? Okay.
0: Hold on, let me let me look him up real quick. I yeah. know the name.
1: So John Landis was actually attached to direct it as well, but then he directed the Twilight Zone movie around the same time or like right before or while that was happening. And I didn't know this, but the Twilight Zone movie had a really bad helicopter oh, yeah. accident. Like oh, a okay. really bad helicopter accident where three actors died.
0: Yeah, that's why I knew John Landis right away. Definitely had was involved with the Blues Brothers. So here we go. John Landis. Okay. A fucking legend. I'm just going to hit the big ones. All he right. directed Animal House. He directed <sighs> and wrote, the Blues bro- wrote on the Blues Brothers. He directed and wrote An American Werewolf in London. Mm. He directed Trading Places. He directed, wrote, produced Twilight Zone, the movie. Mm-hmm uh he directed into the night he directed spies like us he helped write on the movie clue and he was an executive producer he wrote uh he directed the three amigos oh my god hold on it it doesn't stop he's like a comedy legend he directed coming to america wow he directed beverly hills cop 3 he directed the stupids the blues brothers 2000 and then I mean, the rest are sure. so smaller things that weren't. But yeah, like That's kind of wild. the mid-80s to early 90s. That's wild. He had his hand in a lot of the most iconic comedy films of all time.
1: Well, he had his hands in a little bit of a scandal after The Twilight Zone. So he stepped out of Dick Tracy. Oh, okay. Um, And then Warren Betty's like, I've gone through like five people. I'm just going to direct it myself. So he's now producing, starring in and directing uh, the Dick Tracy movie. Can you
0: imagine Can you imagine being Warren Beatty at that point? You ever felt like you bit off more than you could chew with something?
1: <laughs> he's there. And he's like, there. dude,
0: I bought this movie, or the rights to this thing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hire a great actor. I'm going to hire a great director. And I'm just going to kind of produce and oversee it. I might play a small bit role in it. Nope. And then he's like, oh, I guess I'm going to have to star in it. Shit. It's okay. I can do that. I can write and produce and... And uh act two and then he just can't find a director he's like fuck what am I gonna do
1: <laughs> yeah so he was quoted for saying it just never occurred to me that I could also direct I guess he goes but then it just kind of became oh it's just easier for me to direct than try to find somebody else so that's what made him decide yeah, to I appreciate to that
0: him. attitude too
1: yeah so um so some other some other interesting casting things Al Pacino was the first choice for Big Boy Caprice, but Robert De Niro was also considered. And then for the role of Breathless Mahoney, who was played by uh, Madonna. So Michelle Pfeiffer was talked to, Kathleen Turner, and Kim Basinger were all talked to, but all of them wanted too much money Okay. for the roles. So uh, Sharon Stone even auditioned for the role, but they ended up going with Madonna.
0: Interesting. You yeah. ready
1: for how much Madonna got? Like I said,
0: I don't love Madonna, but I feel like... She was perfect for this.
1: Yeah, like well, she was. She was awesome. Well, two things. My, happened. my sides about her. My feelings about her aside. Aside, yeah. sure. Two things happened with this. One, and and you can let me know which one you think is more of the reason she got the part. One, she agreed to do it for scale money, so she ended up getting paid thirty five grand for this movie.
0: Yeah, that's like <laughs> that's right. like what uh, like the daily actors make, like extras and shit. Yeah, or not extras,
1: but so, like the small supporting roles so she wanted she wanted to be part of the movie so she's like i'll do it for this much money
0: dude well and that's awesome because she's rich it's like you don't need the money exactly You're fucking madonna yeah so that's that, very cool
1: there, here's another thing she was also dating warren Beatty at the time
0: oh okay <laughs> so so which one which one do
1: you think it was That magical madonna pussy dude (laughs) i guess he he actually proposed to her so he proposed they dated for like a year he proposed to her and she just kind of didn't say no didn't say yes but also just kind of didn't do anything about the proposal and then he just ended their relationship because he just proposed and didn't get a yes and then told everybody that he bought madonna a friendship ring
0: So. He got he got cooked by Montana.
1: <laughs>
0: I have no respect for him
1: anymore. <laughs> so so that's that's a thing. Um That's a thing. Well, well, okay. So you were pretty spot on about the whole uh painting with the backgrounds. This was one of the last films that was using paintings as as background sets. Um and they were talking about filming it in Chicago, but they ended up saying, Nope, let's just make sets and film it all in sets. So you're spot on there. Also, uh I think that you were mentioning like, the- I
0: loved that. I don't know if that was a a monetary decision, like hey, budget wise it makes more sense to do paintings. Sure. I'll bet I, that- I don't think the film would be as captivating or as
1: visually exciting without it. I feel like it was a stylistic choice. It was
0: incredible.
1: Yeah. They they were given a budget of 25 million to make the movie, which Touchstone Pictures is is the one who released this. Touchstone is owned by Disney. So, they weren't talking with Touchstone, they were talking with Disney. While okay. this was like and so Disney was like, "We'll give you 25 million to do the movie. If you can't do it with that, we're not giving you the money." He said, "Sure, fine." It ended up costing like 42 after everything was all said and done. So, we didn't stick to that at all. Um, but it ended up making like 120 million. So it was pretty profitable okay. for its time. It wasn't like Batman level profitable, but it was coming in off the heels of both Batman and Roger Rabbit. So they were thinking this has a big feeling like Batman. We just let out, put out Roger Rabbit and that did really, really well. Feel like we got something else here. So they were kind of taking a risk. Um, they grabbed Danny Elfman for the score because it's, the it's 1990s, fuck. it's, it's going to be Danny Elfman. I saw that
0: in the <laughs> credits as soon as I was rolling. I was like, okay.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you can tell as soon as as soon as the uh, the horns start coming in. You're like, oh, this is Danny Elfman for yeah. sure. Soundtrack's incredible. Yeah. yeah I, it, it was. It was like Batman, but happier.
0: It, yeah, really. Like I said, I got a lot of Batman vibes, which is why I was like, I get why Mike likes Dude, this. Dude, I love this movie He's so much. He's just Batman without a mask.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And um, the the color choices were very purposeful as well he wanted he being warren Beatty, wanted to only use the colors that were in the comic strip like the seven primary colors of comic strip colors
0: yeah it felt like it yeah i mean it's so striking it's such a honestly i know he was looking for other directors and other people to make this movie i wonder if this film would have been as successful in accomplishing the goal it did like i said it feels like a comic strip Yeah. This is the most comic-y movie I've ever seen. Sure. And so much of that has to do with the wardrobe as well as the colors of the wardrobe and the backgrounds and just the whole feel of it. And I, I don't know if this is his first time directing.
1: I don't think that it was. Um Who's the guy who was the coach in Hoosiers? What is his name? He Dude. was al- he was also Lex Luthor. Oh, you haven't seen the Star the superhero or Superman movies. I also haven't seen Hoosiers. Uh, what? How are you? I'm familiar oh, okay. with I'm familiar with the name. Uh, it's like Gene a hockey Hackman. movie. Pretty no, it's a basket Hoosiers it's a basketball movie. I knew it was a sport sort of, it's a sports it's movie, right? Called Hoosiers. Indiana is known as the Hoosier State. That's their That is their basketball oh, okay. It's a basketball you movie. You know
0: who ball. you have to thank for Hoosiers? Gene Hackman, John Belushi, all these because think Batman think this movie kind of has that Chicago feel all the movies. Uh, who's the guy who did all the like The Breakfast Club and all those fucking 80s movies. Oh, so I, much of it set in Chicago. Yeah. You can thank John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd and the Blues Brothers for that because they were the <laughs> ones who made people realize, hey, you can use Chicago as a. As a movie city again
1: Hoosiers was set in Indiana The state
0: Chicago's not in Indiana <laughs> I get Illinois and Indiana confused Pretty regularly So <laughs> I, I felt like I had you dead to rights there Until Until you reiterated Indiana <laughs> Yes
1: Indiana um. So yeah, Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, I Gene. need. I need a reset. Oh <laughs> God. I'm such an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> so Gene Hackman was. They approached him to do a cameo, but evidently Warren Beatty is a pretty tough to work for. And Warren Beatty directed something that Gene Hackman was in previously. And he essentially said, there's no way in hell I'm joining a movie with Warren Beatty again. So Gene Hackman did not show up. Very funny. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, oh, my gosh, I've got to recover. I've got to recover myself.
0: <laughs> like, here's the thing. Indiana, Illinois, they have very similar names. They're all bullshit states, not part of the original 13. Sure. Okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I ain't got no time. They've only got like eight electoral points between <laughs> them. <laughs> Not to our, our great 20 something in Pennsylvania. That's right. Yeah. Um. Oh, my gosh. So what were the things that were holding you back from the movie? Because you were telling us some things that you enjoyed was. <laughs> it's so it's so comically cheesy. Oh, yeah. It's. Yeah, that was part of the goal. Yeah, like to, like the like Dick Tracy punching seven dudes out with one punch.
0: Exactly. Which, once again, I get why people like it. I don't, but since I don't have any nostalgia attached to it, yeah, I'm just like, <laughs> like it's cheesy, it's funny. Yeah. So, but it's of, it's more of a like I'm laughing at it than laughing with it. Sure. Not not to say that I didn't enjoy it or didn't appreciate what was going on, but I did. I just wasn't like captivated watching it. You weren't yes, captivated by sense.
1: all the faces, the weird, evil <laughs> villain faces. Did you have a favorite? You had to have a favorite villain, just M- based on his looks. <gasps> fucking
0: mumbles, dude. M- oh my
1: gosh. God, mumbles, oh god, great. what's it?
0: What? What's uh? uh Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman. Him. Yeah. yeah. And then when he finally just talks normal. Uh huh. D- biggest
1: laugh of the movie. <laughs> yes. Biggest laugh of the movie when he finally just talks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> after he gets dead to rights, because he like. At the beginning, Dick Tracy takes this weird bear watering jug. Yeah, it looks like, like
0: one of the Coca-Cola polar bears. Is that what it
1: was? But yeah. it, like the faucet was around the bear's penis area. Did you notice yeah, that? Yeah, it
0: looked like the bear was peeing and It was a, a little strange. And it fell out of place compared to the rest. The rest of the film kind of felt like pretty period specific. Yeah. You got Tommy guns and those beautiful, ca- oh my God, the cars. cars. Yeah. Dude, the film looks beautiful, right? Yeah. But yeah, then you get the weird bear sculpture with the water that comes out of the dick. And And
1: it's also a tape recorder. (laughs) It definitely felt a little out of place. Yeah. So I love, I love the part where he's like, I'm going to play this back to big boy. And mumbles just, just (laughs) like penguin laughing in the background and he slows it down. He's like, big boy did it. Big boy did it. And then he just starts going nuts and eventually just, yeah, starts talking normal.
0: Yes. One thing I did love is I was like, oh, South Park just ripped off Kenny from this character. <laughs> sure. Whereas he's just mumbling these sounds that are incoherent, but like Dick Tracy understands what he's saying. Yeah. Like literally South Park just ripped off this character 100%. Yeah. Because
1: my they... first thought
0: was like, oh, it's just like Kenny. And then I'm like, wait, I'm stupid. It's <laughs> Kenny's
1: <laughs> just like mumbles. Yeah. Yeah yeah I wonder if that was an intentional thing on south parks and or if that's just kind of a happy coincidence
0: yeah i think there's an the, um and i mean it's not something that's only specific to those two things think um i think i guess it's the water boy
1: oh uh, yeah i like to
0: see you I'd like i like see naked yeah, yeah, yeah. you like to see homos naked <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah homo a bad <laughs> yeah or boomhauer from uh, king of the hill
0: sure yeah exactly so, but I'm thinking this might be the originator of that, like, trope oh, that maybe. has been done so many times yeah. since then.
1: And I wonder if, if Mumbles was in the comic strip, because Warren Betty was slated to, he was saying that he wanted as many characters from the comic strip to be in the film as possible.
0: Well, it makes sense, because there's like a hundred, they name like a hundred different characters, and they're all just the stupidest, it's like, this is Knuckles and shoulders and and wide elbows and prune yeah. face like and it's leather. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? What am I watching?
1: So, my two favorites were um, one you didn't get to see a lot of, but his name was uh, Tiny Face, I think, or Baby Face. Okay. Or Little Face, something like that. But he was in the very beginning scene where the kid is kind of like sneaking around and they're all playing cards. And he's just got this massive head. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It's insane. But this tiny little itty bitty face. <laughs> in the yes. Yes. Yeah. Um so he was one of my favorite as far as prosthetic wise, and then I could not help but love Flat Top. Dude. I loved Flat Top. Have as you ever a
0: seen The Devil's Rejects?
1: Yeah. The character no, I haven't. I uh, thought of the All American Rejects, the pop band.
0: Yeah, different. Uh, American <laughs> uh the God now you got me. The Devil's Rejects, you are familiar at least a little bit with it. I know it, that right? Rob Zombie
1: so, made the film.
0: Yeah, there's a house of a thousand corpses. Mm-hmm. Which that's kind of like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre slasher flick. Sure, I can't believe you haven't seen Devil Rejects. You should watch that. It might be on here. Yeah, it's not a horror movie. Okay, it's so House of a Thousand Corpses is basically just his take on Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay, it's this family that traps young teenagers and tourists and kills them on their farm. That sounds fun. The police come at the end of the film. A couple of them get away. So Devil's Rejects is the people who got away. It's their story of like being on the run from the police. It's not a horror movie at all. Oh. It's really cool. Okay. William Forsyth plays a sheriff in that. And it's fucking dope. He has this like whole diatribe about... Somebody says something bad about Elvis, because it takes place in, like, the 80s, and he's, like, a cop in the South. Somebody says something bad about Elvis, and he's like, you say something bad about the king, I'll whoop your ass.
1: <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. So, yeah, Flattop's awesome. I love Flattop. Um, interesting. Interesting. So, so, this movie did pretty well, which makes you think well if it did really well and if it made money it was like a flash in the pan type of thing like it hit it was hot and then it just left it just vanished right no sequels were made nothing which I kind of appreciate yeah
0: yeah honestly I don't feel like this needs a sequel sure
1: probably not but but at the same time it's it's kind of weird that it didn't happen right if it's if it's the very early 90s Batman's getting a sequel. This movie did well. Uh, why, why isn't this getting a sequel? Well, mainly because Warren Betty owned all of the rights to it. And for whatever reason, he just didn't do anything at all with it for forever, except in 2008, he came out and did something because he had to. Otherwise, he would have lost the rights because he wasn't doing anything with the character Dick Tracy. So he did something called the Dick Tracy special um, in 2008. Oh, dear God. Where okay. he comes on and does this AMC event, like AMC TV. Channel. <laughs> yeah.
0: In, Back when they still just played old movies before they had Walking Dead and shit. And yeah. So he, comes,
1: he comes in he basically does this only oh i'm sorry it came out in 2010 not 2008 he did this only to keep the rights to Dick Tracy okay where he basically comes out and he has an interview with this guy named named Leonard Moulton and he basically interviews with Leonard Moulton as Dick Tracy in character so that he <laughs> so that he can retain the rights to the Dick Tracy character and then He shows up again in, I think, 2022 or 2023, again on AMC, goes in character as Dick Tracy and goes, it's called Dick Tracy Zooms In, where it's Dick Tracy on a Zoom meeting talking to these people. (laughs) Okay. He's talking to these people about all of the character, or all of the actors that have played him as Dick Tracy so there were some 1940s and 30s movies like serial um really? and things okay. like that of Dick Tracy so Warren Betty is there talking he's in character as Dick Tracy and he's saying oh this guy I forget the names that he, but whoever the actors were that played him he's like this guy did a really good job he goes but this Warren Betty guy I don't know, I don't know he was okay he was okay as Dick is playing me but he was a little bit too colorful, and uh, and we we ended up having a falling out. And they're like, "What did you you had a falling out with Warren Betty? or Warren Beatty?" And he goes, "Yeah." And I said, "Well, what happened?" And he goes, "Well, we were supposed to meet for dinner, and he didn't show up. And we just we had some disagreements about film." And they're like, "Okay," and he goes, "Yeah," about justice and the people interviewing him. I mean, it's all scripted, but they're looking at each other like, "What the." F-
0: Yeah, like Warren Beatty has gone senile. What is happening?
1: (laughs) So so then, then they play it and they get Warren Beatty to join the Zoom call. Now, when I say they get Warren Beatty to join the Zoom call, I mean the actor, Warren Beatty, is now having a conversation, a disgruntled conversation, because Warren Beatty and Dick Tracy have not discussed or conversed since this falling out. 20 years ago. Yeah. So now Warren Beatty is arguing with Warren Beatty as Dick Tracy over why they're having a falling out on a Zoom call in 2020 something. I
0: hate everything about that. It's like the (laughs) hackiest premise done on Zoom, which is the worst. Anything on Zoom is just the worst version of anything. Yeah,
1: It's like a 23-minute episode. You need to watch it. It's so cringy. I will not. It's will so not. cringy.
0: Yeah. Eh, well, if it's cringy, we can watch it together
1: so I can make fun of it. Yeah, but. It, it's pretty cringy. It's pretty great. It's pretty great. And it ends with the two of them sitting down, reconnecting, so they're both sitting at a diner table and discussing the possibilities of a new Dick Tracy movie. And that's how it ends. Jesus. And Christ. that's the last thing with Dick Tracy that's ever happened. So who knows? Maybe there'll be a Dick Tracy movie in a couple of years. Hopefully not with Warren Betty playing Dick Tracy because he's in his <laughs> 80s now. Yeah, he's got to be almost dead, yeah. right? <laughs> probably. Probably. The dude was a real fox, though, in his day. There, no, there's, he's a... He, even in this film, I mean, he's a handsome guy, yeah. undeniably. So there's, there's estimations that he has slept with 12,000 women.
0: You imagine? <laughs> That's so disgusting. <laughs> Dude, really? He doesn't like. I I honestly I don't know any of Warren Beatty's work off the top of my head. This is the only thing that I
1: know of. This is his best grossing
0: because because he was primarily a a larger actor in the like seventies, right? I think so. Seventies, eighties. Pri- prior to this, right? Yeah. So I'm just not familiar with his work. So mm-hmm. this is really the only thing I know from him. Sure but I'm guessing he was like a huge star. So it, it makes sense. He just, based on this, he doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who's out there just like Tom cat, you know?
1: Yeah. All right. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna look into this looking at the times. Dot UK. Oh, now I'm not going to look at the times. Dot UK because they want me to pay for the article. So fucking Europe. Yep. God damn it. <laughs> So yeah, it was in a a biography about him, but he uh, he's basically saying that the biography book was uh, misleading or contained many false accusations. So he's kind of saying no. He's like,
0: it wasn't twelve thousand; it was only eleven.
1: Yeah, good for him. So he says, think about it: sleeping with twelve thousand seven hundred and seventy-five people. He goes, that would mean not just that there were multiple people a day, but that there was no repetition. (laughs) And he said that he didn't clarify an actual number, but also didn't deny sleeping around. He says, look, I never misled anyone and I'm a nice guy.
0: Yeah. So that means a lot. Can (laughs) we just all I think we can all agree that the number is a lot. A lot. Yeah, sure. It was Hollywood. It was the 70s. Yeah. There's cocaine going around. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. He's good for him.
1: That's all good for him. I wouldn't be surprised. How did you feel about the big turn? Oh, also, spoiler alert, folks. How did you feel about the big turn that it wound up that Madonna um, ended up being the main villain?
0: The stupidest fucking, t- it's the stupidest, like, twist <laughs> of all time. Here's the whole thing. So, Breathless McGee, or whatever the fuck her stupid name is. Yep, McGee. <laughs> That's
1: me. Breathless McGee.
0: Ugh. <laughs> He's like, "Hey, I need you to testify against him." And she's like, "No, he'll kill me." So instead, what she does is she dresses up as this mysterious villain mm-hmm. named No Face and puts on a weird mask with no with, face with a voice translate, well like a voice changer, and frames Dick Tracy. So that everyone thinks, oh, he's actually crooked. He's dirty.
1: They framed him for murdering the the mayor, I think, or the chief police, or or the, oh, it was the DA. That's what it was.
0: To get get Big Boy comfortable. Mm -hmm. And then ultimately her plan was to release Dick Tracy and then frame Big Boy. Yep. When really all of that could have been avoided had she just testified against Big Boy. (laughs) Sure, yeah. So she's like, No, I can't testify against him, but you know what I can do? Is this whole wildly convoluted plan <laughs> where I frame you and then I frame him and I kidnap people. Yep. And I'll, where where she get the money to pay fucking eighty-eight keys or whatever. Good question. Where'd she get all these thousand dollars? She's she's at one point she's a slave, essentially, to Big Boy. He slaps her in the face and like, You better dance, honey. Yeah. This dame's wild. And then <laughs> But she has enough money to pay some guy $5,000 to deliver a message. In the
1: 1930s. $5,000 in the 1930s.
0: I don't... That's so much the It was, so the, it was the stupidest plot line of all time, <laughs> which fits so well with this movie. It was just so can't Like, the whole movie is just campy. Yeah. That's my... If I had one word to describe this film, campy. Yep. And that, that plot line fit right in with that, where it was just... It was absurd and silly, and if you look for a plot hole, you'll easily find one, so you have to just fully disengage that part of your brain and just be like, I'm here for the ride and the fun of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? We talked about Dick Tracy not being a great boyfriend. He's also not a great cop. (laughs) Because... There were many times where he's just straight up breaking the law and he's just like, look, just pick me up later. It'll, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. He brings people in without cause.
0: Yep. He brings them in. He holds them. And then he uses clearly illegal tactics. And and, <laughs> yeah. and all the other police are like, Tracy, what you're doing is like illegal. We, it won't hold up in court. And he's like, I don't care. I'm
1: de- <laughs> like, like, dude, <laughs> doing this for justice yeah he's a bad
0: cop a bad boyfriend but yet somehow the hero of the story (laughs) yeah
1: everybody loves him in the movie he's one of those characters that's like (laughs) the man's man type of thing where all of the other all the other cops are like oh man oh man what are we gonna do dick tracy big boy mahomes is getting out oh uh, what are we gonna do
0: yeah everyone (laughs) else is completely useless yeah it's hilarious it's so great i loved this
1: movie so much i loved it so much this is
0: one of those actually watching it i didn't I didn't dislike it. I just didn't particularly love it. But now that I'm talking about it, it's like I like it more.
1: Yeah, it's fun. (laughs) It's just a fun, silly action movie from the 90s. You know what
0: I love about this movie? Hmm. Is that every plot point is given to you directly in newspapers oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like anytime something important happens it'll flash to a montage of newspapers being printed yep dick tracy's uh everyone's disappointed with dick tracy actually secretly a bad guy yeah. or whatever.
1: <laughs> i mean there were many music montages in this it's like when dick tracy's cleaning up the town uh there's yeah. a madonna montage when dick tracy Gets arrested and uh, the mob is back in business. There's a montage. There's Uh, a lot
0: of montages and a lot of newspapers being printed.
1: Yeah. So, also, Madonna released an album based off of this film. So, she released an album called Breathless that had one of her big hits called Vogue on it. Okay. But it was songs from the film and inspired by... I'm familiar with the dance. Yeah. And inspired by Dick Tracy. So, and, oh my gosh, Thor, I didn't even remember this. Okay, MTV held a thing when this movie came out where you could call in as a competition to be Dick Tracy and go on some adventure to win like $15,000. You had to call in and basically make your case and you'd get the yellow hat, the yellow coat, and you could be Dick Tracy. What the fuck? Yeah, there were McDonald's toys from of Dick course, Tracy. Yeah. There were action figures by the same people who made the Ninja Turtles. Dude, action honestly, figures. looking
0: at this, perfect for action figures perfect and toys. A hundred percent. Yeah,
1: perfect for action figures. Um, so yeah, it made this huge splash. Like, bam, Dick Tracy, super popular, and now nobody talks about this movie. It's so wild to me that it just has kind of been released to obscurity. It is one of those. Where, at least for people
0: our age, it's culturally in the zeitgeist. Yeah. But it's not one of those movies that's kind of held up and revered and regarded the same way that Who Framed Roger Rabbit or Batman or any of those, like, early
1: 90s films are. Yeah, and and also, let's be clear, I don't think it's as good as Who Framed Roger Rabbit or Batman. I don't think that—it's kind of like riding the coattails of their success— It's a good movie, but it didn't pioneer things in the way that those movies did. No.
0: No, honestly, I would say it's the opposite in that it didn't really pioneer at all.
1: Yeah.
0: It took a lot of cues from what came before it. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's why it's not as much in the conversation of great things from that period of time. Yeah. I, I think it's such an incredibly executed film. Sure. It takes place in the early 30s it's supposed to look like the early 30s, and it does. I mean, it feels like an old-school film. Sure. I, that that part about it, I was just, the whole time I was watching, I was like, this is, even though I'm not loving this, I can't throw any shade towards the actual execution of what he was trying to accomplish. Because my, my assumption was, because uh, going into it, we had talked about Warren Beatty, wrote, produced, directed this. Yeah. My feeling watching this was like, this is the shit he loved when he was young and he wanted to recreate it and it felt
1: like that. Yeah, he definitely loved Dick Tracy. I mean, he was trying to get it done for like 15 years to even get, he was pushing to get this movie made for 15 years before it actually happened. Yeah. And when the opportunity came, he's like, fine, I'll just do it. I will do everything to make this movie happen. It's very cool. I'll buy the rights. I'll be the producer. I'll be the director. I'll star in it. I'll do whatever. So anyway, for what it's worth, that's Dick Tracy. If if we have to rate this now. Okay. For, if we're in let's say 1 to 50 yellow trench coats. Hmm. Okay, 1 to 50 yellow trench coats. Cuz you know he opens his closet and he's got 50, <laughs> he yellow, got trench 50 coats. yellow
0: trench coats. Yeah. You're at a Burlington uh, <laughs> coat factory. <laughs> Flow out sale. How many of those yellow trench yeah. coats are you buying? One hat. I think I'm buying 35 of them. Okay. Whereas, like, I enjoyed it. I had it. I I didn't actively dislike this at all. Yeah. I don't know if I'll be watching it again anytime sure. soon. Yeah, I don't blame
1: you there. It had been a long time since I had seen this. <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah, no. I mean, I think it was a good experience. I in, I enjoyed this. I think it's uh, it's definitely worth the watch. It was very fun.
1: Yeah. I, 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 well, I'm glad that you at least partially enjoyed it. <laughs> I hope hope that you enjoyed the ridiculousness. My favorite thing about it is the faces of the mobsters. I, I think that that's hands down my favorite thing because it feels so comic booky.
0: Exactly. It, like, I actually loved that part. Yeah. Because it does, in animation, and you can speak to this more than I could, but there is this really important thing that they do where they will kind of draw faces in like a weird way that physically in reality wouldn't make sense. Sure. But it gets a point. It gets a point across.
1: Yeah. Amplification through simplification. Exactly. Yeah.
0: But in this, they're like, you know what? Let's just actually make them look the way they look in the comics. And it looks insane. Yeah. Because the rest of the film just kind of looks like a period piece. Sure. Except for the off-the-wall insane faces that make
1: no sense. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because Dick Tracy argued that exact same thing with Warren Beatty. <laughs>
0: of course he did. Of
1: course he did, yeah.
0: Yeah, so, but I, I loved it because I was like, I saw exactly what he was doing, and I was like, that's fucking brilliant.
1: Yeah, yeah. All right, well, there you have it, folks. Uh, 35 out of 50 yellow trench coats. How do you guys feel about it? You know what? I'm looking at you guys specifically in the Hoosier State. That's right. People in Illinois, what are you thinking? Um, did you like Dick Tracy? Was it something that you enjoyed? Are you our age? Did you watch this? Or is this left in obscurity for you? Do you have any idea what this is? Um, if you don't, you should check it out. I think that you would like it. Thor thinks that you might like their faces. Um,
0: <laughs> it's definitely worth a watch. Sure. It's one of those. This is another one. It's like in the cultural... Kind of like The Godfather. Yeah. One of those films that it's like, when I told
1: you I hadn't seen it, you are like, you haven't seen that? Sure.
0: You know, it's one of those things you should
1: see at least once. For yeah, sure. I would agree with that. You should see it at least once. It might not be the perfect movie, but it's a fun one. So, there you have it, folks. Oh,
0: one last piece, actually, I loved that I didn't get to talk about, is I love, once again, I really enjoyed the sets. I loved that they were painted backgrounds. I loved that it felt like an old school Hollywood film.
1: It definitely did feel that way.
0: The fight scene towards the end, the big action sequence Over the where top. you get all the Tommy guns shooting at each other and you get the explosions, and all of that you can tell was filmed. There's no CGI. Yeah. It's all just filmed on a set with special effects. It's fucking awesome. It's a masterclass in how. Those types of effects should be done.
1: Yeah. It's a fun one. So...
0: So there there are a lot of great things going for this movie.
1: Sure. So would, good. Would I you, get
0: why you love it so much.
1: Yeah. Would you recommend it to somebody else or not so much?
0: I wouldn't recommend it to a girl. Sure. But I would recommend it to a guy
1: who hasn't seen it. Yeah. unless Unless the girls like being called dames. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Cause there's a lot of that in this film.
0: Yeah. Unless it's a girl who looks like Claudio Sanchez. <laughs> if you get what I'm saying, she's into softball and bowling shoes. Sure. <laughs> uh,
1: so, so with that being said, Thor, um, what are we getting into next week? Oh, we're going to bring the mood down a little bit. <laughs> oh, good. I was yeah. hoping that you were going to say that. So I recently
0: watched a film and it's probably the saddest thing I've seen in a while. Cool. But it's even though it's very sad, it's very cool. I, I think it's very well done.
1: So not it is an a, uplifting thing. No, okay. it is a
0: movie called The Whale.
1: Oh, with um, uh, Brendan Fraser. Yes. Okay. I believe
0: he won, or at least was nominated for an Oscar or oh, some yeah? type of award. Yeah. I believe it's pretty critically acclaimed. Not certain on that, but yeah. Essentially, Brendan Fraser plays a man who is four hundred pounds. Jeez. And is dying because of his weight and unhealthy lifestyle and is trying to rebuild his relationship with his daughter. Okay. I true. I 100% maybe it's because of being a new dad and I have like this new empathy for things with kids and shit. That happens. Yeah. But I watched it and it just fucking like broke me in half. Yeah. It's like so sad at certain parts. Uh, but okay. I, but even though it's very sad, it's really sad in the best of ways. It's fucking cool. So that's what we're going to be watching. The Whale starring Brendan Fraser. And it has um Sadie something from Stranger Things, the redhead. She plays Max. Oh, okay. Sadie Sinks or Sanks or something like that. I okay. Think.
1: Yeah, something like that. So you said it won an Oscar or two? I think so. I think so. Did it win um, six Oscars? Just curious. <laughs> Did it? Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know, but Dick Tracy did.
0: Oh. <laughs> so I'm just throwing that out yeah, there. Yeah, I saw you typing. I thought yeah. you were typing up the whale. Oh, no, no, <laughs> I no. I thought no. you were just fucking with you like, When you said that it was did Oscars. win an Oscar?
1: Yeah, when you said it was Oscars, that reminded me. Oh, shit. Because I, I, I remember that it won, but I didn't remember how many. But yeah, uh, best fantasy film, best actor, Warren Beatty, best actress, Madonna, best supporting actor, Al Pacino, best performance by a younger actor, Charlie Corismo, best. best costumes and also best makeup. And then it was nominated for more. I was going to say what beat it
0: for best soundtrack. I'm sure it was nominated for soundtrack.
1: Uh yeah, let's see best uh, best cinematography. I don't know. Uh best sound. Yeah, it was nominated for best sound. Let's see who won that. Best I'd- music original score with Dances with Wolves. Okay. Sure.
0: Uh, I think it's bullshit that Madonna won anything. Like I said, it's a good (laughs) role. But, I mean, what was it up against? For best best actress. That Madonna fucking won best actress for that? Because, honestly, she doesn't even play a huge... Like, she plays an important role. But as far as, like, screen time, like, she's not... It it feels like they were grading on a curve. Like, oh, Oh. she's not really an actress, so she did really... Because
1: she did well... Oh, and okay, so let me... I'm, I'm sorry, to just to clarify this. I just really hate
0: Madonna. Any chance to, like, just pick at her, I'm gonna take.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna pounce on it. So this is saying Saturn Awards. So, oh, nobody gives a shit about the Saturn Awards. I'll bet you Warren Betty does after this film. <sighs> I'll bet you he's the only one. <laughs> All right. So, anyway... um, We're going to get into The Whale with Brendan Fraser, formerly George of the Jungle, now a whale. Formerly
0: the star of The Mummy and The Mummy Returns.
1: Yeah. Also George of the Jungle. Okay. Also from Blast of the Past. Oh, yeah, dude. What a cool movie. Right? Also Encino Man. Oh, man. Dude, Brendan Fraser had such a run. Okay, we got we to
0: gotta wrap it up. We'll talk about Brendan Fraser next episode. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, with that being said, until next time, folks. As always. You get wrecked out there. And stay wrecked. Yeah. Go suck an egg. I hate things.